Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 79 and I am your co-host, Nigel. I'm Tazzy, content creator and co-host. And on this deep dive, as you know, we have many guests from different places. Uh, here we've gone internally and brought back out of, I was going to say retirement, just out of wherever, wherever he was, uh, Biomatter <laughs> co-founder. Yeah, <laughs> out of storage cupboard. Uh, Vibada co-founder Lao K. Uh, Lao, welcome back to the show. Hey everyone, great to be back and uh, great to be out of cupboard. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've dusted him off, um, given him a shake uh, and he's ready to go. So this is going to be a weirdly, or for me at least, a weirdly anticipated discussion uh, or surprisingly anticipated discussion on Free Guy. But for those that don't know, Lau's there at the beginning of Mayamada, so that's why he also gets the co-founder uh, tag, just in case people are wondering. Uh, I thought Nigel was the co-founder. That's the that's the co-part of uh, of co-founder. Lau also is the writer on the Serious Volume 1 story, so I'm sure very interested to see the latest Through the Fork, which we'll talk about in a second. It's also on our mid-season special, so we'll put a link to the show notes We'll put a link in the show notes for that episode so you can check that out. And Lau's been on other episodes as well. I can't even remember off the top of my head, but that was the latest. In general, you can subscribe to Story X Story Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. You can also send us feedback and questions to feedback at myamada.com. Drop them in our Discord or throw them at us on social media. We are at myamada on Twitter at Mayamada TV on Instagram or at Tazzy in both. Let's get started with what's happening in the Mayamada universe. And I mentioned Sirius. I mentioned Sirius Through the Fog, the latest in the uh, Mayamada lineup, manga lineup, manga universe. Universe was the word I was looking for. But it's been, um, it's been a while. It is done. The story is done. We're wrapping up the additional bonus content for the collector's edition and just, yeah, getting it ready for, for print, which I'm happy to say because it's been an interesting story progress. I think every every story we've made has a different story behind it, like how it got made and, and what we've learned. And I think doing a story about a pandemic during a pandemic for its own <laughs> unique uh, story. So I'm sure we'll talk more about that once the story is out, done, uh, and in people's hands. So once it's out in print, we'll be sending copies to our Kickstarter backers. Very appreciative of those that have literally made this possible. Uh, would not be possible without people backing that on Kickstarter. Uh, and then people um, who have pre-ordered and then it'll be out. We'll also be taking it to Thought Bubble. So I'll be going to Harrogate for the Thought Bubble comic festival on november the 13th to the 14th and also doing a workshop on one of the days so it's a two-day convention on one of the days i will be doing uh, a workshop and yeah just kind of getting back out for a the first convention since 2019 i guess Ooh. yeah i just need to remember how to do those <laughs> uh, again so it's gonna be that, such a shock to the system yeah, I think it'll just be a two days of just everyone being shocked and not quite <laughs> knowing how to uh, how to do this whole convention thing. So yeah, uh, that would be fun. And then 
once we're done with Sirius, we're also going to be putting together some free manga. So over the summer, we did a bunch of Olympics and Paralympics storylines. And we put a bunch out on social media. There were other ideas we didn't get to put out on social media, but we're going to be wrapping them all up into one single uh, free downloadable comic. And you can get that if you are on our mailing list or in uh, our Discord. So stay tuned for that. That will be coming after we're done with Sirius. So we're going to get uh, that one out and then come back and put together the Olympic stuff. So yeah, we've got some manga coming your way. And then over on the gaming side, we have our September Studio 77 Games Night. So we are going to be playing Overcooked All You Can Eat with Studio 77 members on Thursday, which is today, as you are listening to this, if you're listening to this on the day this episode goes out. So if you haven't caught it live, you can catch the VOD for the next couple of weeks. So we're going to be working on our team skills with a 2v2 cooking how would you describe overcooked cooking? It's like, uh, yeah, you know those cooking games. I don't know, like Cooking Mama or those ones that used to be on Facebook back in the day. But like to the extreme, yeah. And you're on an and it's multiplayer and you're in teams. Yeah, isn't it like an assembly line? Yeah. There's definitely an assembly line. But keyword on extreme. Yeah, (laughs) extreme (laughs) assembly line. Uh, So we're going to be doing that. And then also you can check out our past Games Night highlights on YouTube. So as we do the the live streams, we'll be putting the best bits out on YouTube after the event. As well as the Games Night, we're going to be bringing the, the Autumn Gamepad online event in October. So Saturday, the 16th of October, we'll be live on Twitch again. For our gamepad online event hosted by tazzy so we are going to be having a new set of teams compete in a friendly fire esports competition i will be talking to new uh, starters in the video games industry to find out from the perspective of entry-level junior professionals how they got to where they are getting a wide perspective on getting into the industry from people who have just got their foot in the door so definitely if you are interested in one day being part of the games industry uh, be one for you so also i will put in the show notes the link where you can submit your questions for the panel so i'm going to be collecting up questions and putting them to the panel so yeah if you've got specific questions definitely make your voice heard uh, and i'll do my best to get through uh, as many questions as i can in the time i've got Uh, so that's going to be on the 16th tickets are free and you can get that at gamepad.events. We're also going to be doing new artwork for the event. Hi-Res version will be going to the Discord community and one lucky ticket holder will get a printed canvas version. So definitely something to look forward to. Let's talk about what other stories we've all been enjoying this week. So this is the bit where we have a little spoiler-free discussion about what stories everyone has been reading, watching, or playing. And we'll start with our guests as usual. So, Lau, what's been on your radar at the moment? Well, I am looking forward to the final James Bond film, No Time to Die. And I haven't actually seen all of the other films. So we've basically, we, that's me and my wife Louise, my film buddy, uh, we've been going through a marathon of all of the Daniel Craig James Bond films, and literally just before recording, we finished uh, Spectre. So um, yeah, it's been 
it's been quite a ride to be honest and like one thing that I noticed about this particular series is that it is quite dark compared to all the other James Bonds. Had you um, not seen them, any of them before? I'd seen Casino Royale, but I forgot. I was going to say, I saw we went to see yeah, Casino we Royale. Did. And, yeah. yeah, but I forgot how dark it was. And like, and then watching the others in succession, I was like, wow, this is actually quite a dark um, James Bond. And I have a feeling they were influenced by some of the films um, and stories that were being told around the time. Like, I know Jason Bourne. Uh, the Bourne series was like really big at that time um, and it was quite gritty and like in your face and the camera angles and the action scenes were quite quite fast paced you know hand-to-hand combat that kind of thing chase scenes the you know using parkour and all this kind of stuff so I've noticed similar sorts of themes appear in the latest Bond films but I mean I enjoyed them I thought they were pretty good some clearly better than others but all overall i've i thought they were uh were decent and um obviously because it's spoiler free i can't say anything but um i think it's reasonable to say like there is a little bit of continuity between the films they 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 stand alone but i think there is some continuity between them and i kind of liked that and i tend to find it kind of well I think James Bond is quite one-dimensional, to be honest. Um, <laughs> they've tried to make him interesting, but I think the fact that they had a little bit of continuity added a little bit more depth to the story as well. So, yeah, that's definitely, like, one film I've been checking out. And I've also been playing a game, very slowly, might I add, called Pillars of the Earth, and it's a point-and-click, basically, a digital novel. Or I think there's a better name for that. I can't remember what the proper name is for those types of games but but basically like it's a interactive novel um point and click with really no puzzle aspect to it or any well you kind of have to look for stuff i think that's about as much as it gets in terms of gameplay but it's based in like 10th century england uh around a monastery and like there's all this political stuff going on and like war and all sorts of stuff and then just just like regular folks so it's got a bit of slice of life as well so i quite liked it and it was, i'm not sure how accurate it accurate it is in terms of like the kind of historical aspects but i just liked the fact that it was something so different from what i typically play and it's based on an actual novel as well so i was like okay this is kind of interesting let me you know go through it um and it's got some great animation uh, music so yeah if you like that kind of thing or you can't be bothered to read a book pillars of the earth is a good kind of halfway house I'd so yeah that's mm. what i've been uh i mean uh good on you for watching all the james bonds uh daniel craig ones because i am planning to just watch the new james bond movie and missing several <laughs> <laughs> of the previous ones are you gonna watch like a summary on youtube or something Nope. Just, uh, <laughs> just go watch a James Bond movie. Diving, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like James Bond uh is one of those things you can just watch any of them and it doesn't really matter if you've seen any other James Bond films. Yeah, you know, I would have I would have agreed with you. Maybe for the old ones, but for whatever reason they have kind of done a little bit of a continuity thing here. So you could you will get away with watching it and you won't be lost. Because, I mean, let's face it, I don't like mean to talk down. I think James Bond's an interesting franchise, fun franchise, but it is pretty basic, right? You know, there's mm. a bad guy who wants to blow up the world or something. 
and James Bond has to stop him and, and blow up a bunch of stuff and, you know, get the girl. And that, that's every James Bond film. Yeah, essentially. And, and the keyword is fun there. Like, it's, stories don't have to always be deep, thought-provoking things. Fun is also a, a reasonable thing for a film yeah. to be. <laughs> fun is valid. Fun is valid. <laughs> I think that's just this franchise. Like, you know, we know what it's about. Like, we know that we're going to get the car product placement and, and the watch and, and all this other kind of stuff, like the exotic locations. Mm. Yeah, it's just it's pure escapism. Yeah. And I definitely, I really want to go see it, like, either a, in a in an IMAX screen or something similar, you know, like one of the the all bells and whistles screens rather than a basic. Or oh, like a 4DX one or something like that. Uh, maybe one of those, just, just not like a, not, not the basic screen, you know, I'm definitely want to go to <laughs> that special. Yeah. Make it a special thing. Pillars of Earth sounds interesting as well. So the story that I'm going to mention this week, because I feel like a lot of what I've been watching is I've already mentioned it in our recent episodes. Um, but I did watch the whole of Shadow and Bone which is a Netflix series. Yeah, it's... It took me a while to actually watch this. You you know why it's called Shadow straight away, even from the trailers, but I, I didn't get the bone bit until the end, which I like, and it is getting a season two, which I cannot wait for. Uh, but it's all very uh, magical and mystical. Uh, there's... I forgot what they're called, but I would... They're like people with powers that I would say is most similar to Benders in Avatar without like, yeah, with more of a range of types rather than being like equated to earth, wind, fire and earth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you know, you know, the four. you know, yeah, yeah. you know, the <laughs> you know. Four. Yeah, not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's been a while. Okay. Yeah. But like, there's like different types of, powers that people have and there's like this great wall of shadow created by an evil wizard that's how they put it um and then there's some people that are like totally against the people with powers and then there's some people that are like oh yay and then there's a big military force and the idea is that there's a myth about a savior that's going to bring down this wall of shadow and it's very good. It's, I do recommend watching it. Is it based on a book or something? It feels like it, but I have no idea. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it and I was like, oh, you know what? This looks kind of interesting, but I never got around to watching it. It took me a while because as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, yes, let me put that on my watch list. And it took me a while. And then when I watched it, I was like, why didn't I watch this sooner? Because uh, it is really good. And it has a strong female lead. I think I should pop that in there because it's nice when you have have that uh but yeah no it's really good there yeah i said I, it's, it's always hard to talk like spoiler free yeah yeah <laughs> it's that dance that we have to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to give away like stuff that's just in the trailer but i yeah just it's all very like if you like stuff like the witcher or trying to think of some others and my brain just can't even think of any did it have ships and stuff like that? It does, but they don't say it across water. <laughs> it might be like pirate ships and, and stuff like that. 
I like that kind of thing. There is there is ships, but they're to get through the the shadow, the wall, the shadow wall. I'll take that. And essentially driven or powered by airbenders, but they're obviously they're not called airbenders, but that's essentially <laughs> what they are. <laughs> Just merging franchises. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, definitely like uh, like similar to Benders, like like Avatar meets The Witcher kind of thing based in like okay. war or not war but um you know like a, there is a military kind of overtaking stuff and you know different areas want an independence and yeah no it's pretty cool that sounds interesting once you said avatars like okay let me <laughs> uh, let me bump this up yeah they're getting their own show as well aren't they yeah uh, there's a lot a lot coming bring me back for that one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nigel, what about you? What have you got? Cool. So I've got a couple of things. Uh, both I have mentioned uh, on the show. Uh, the first one is Queen of the South, which I uh, am just loving. This is uh, a show. It's about drug cartels in Mexico. And um, yeah, I think that's all I need. <laughs> I think I've got a, a thing for like uh, shows about the rise of like drug cartels and the people in them. I don't know what it is, but yeah, you uh, do bring them up a lot. <laughs> I do, yeah, because you know, I was trying to work this out. I think there's something there's something entrepreneurial in in seeing like people start from the bottom and just work their way up. Yes, it's drugs and murder, but you know, underneath all that. There is like a entrepreneurial element that I quite like because so it's about this lady Teresa Mendoza who at the whole premise is she gets with someone who is in a uh, cartel or is affiliated in some way and then he he dies and then leaves her sort of to fend for herself so that's the premise uh, of the show and then it kind of just goes off from there but it's just fascinating to see what this the character the protagonist does how she operates in this world that she's been brought up into yeah brought into uh, and just left <laughs> to fend for herself but the characters are so interesting so i'm on season i'm on season two i think i'm a few episodes from the end of season two so it's kind of you see stages so i won't get too far uh mention too much in season two but just in general you just see that progression basically um but some of the like notable characters are dons um of the cartel and one of the more prominent ones is uh the wife <laughs> so the wife of uh of another don who kind of splits off uh to start her own thing and she's just such a powerful character uh, and then you see the relationship between these two female characters at very different levels in this in this world in this uh, uh cartel world but yeah, it, and I don't know how it does it, but it has this constant sense of unease that I find that makes it very interesting to watch. So because Teresa is from the very beginning dumped in a very dangerous world, every time she moves into, you know, she moves forward, it's always some new level of unease in her situation. And just as you're watching, it just makes you want to know how what happens next basically i think that's the that's the thing for any stories you want to leave people where it's the end of a chapter end of a episode is like oh what happens next how does how does she get out of that or how does she deal with that what's going to be the consequences and i feel this does it very well it's interesting you say that because like just listening 
to the premise, I was like, I, I, I'm scared for this person already. Yes, yeah, yes, <laughs> and it is, and even the very first episode, because there's a whole thing. I mean, I'm not like super familiar with the way kind of television and commissioning shows, but I know like the pilot is important. So the pilot, you need to get all the like tone, the characters, and everything. And the first episode, it does that very well. So it puts you in in fear for for this woman and it um because the whole thing about protagonists like you want to as an audience you want your em- audience to empathize with the character and, and feel for the character and it it does it so well so by the end of the first episode like i'm i'm with this woman and yeah where, wherever the story goes like i want to see uh how she navigates it mm. so definitely definitely recommend that but like I said, it could just be <laughs> I have a thing for um, drug cartel storylines. So <laughs> that's one one of the things. The other thing I have been playing uh, and have finished now is Little Nightmares, the first game. So super short game. Should have finished it ages ago, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just well kept done. Being... Thank you. I am um, I'm I'm on a bit of a mission to see end credits. So I recently a while ago I finished Tomb Raider. Yeah, just finish this, just trying to see end credits and end end of games. But yeah, Little Nightmares is a really good, really good game. Really good story with no dialogue, as mm. has been said before. But just when you talk about like game design, this is this is design. I mean, all games have been designed to some level, but when uh, one aspect of design, like dialogue, has been taken out, it forces you to realize, oh, this is how else you can tell a story. So, and I say story because I'm not even sure exactly what the story is. So, Tazi, maybe you can <laughs> give your thoughts on this. But the you play a character, and they are <laughs> in a location. I'm gonna say it's a it, yeah. They're on a location. They're on a, some kind of location, and you're moving moving through the spaces. But around you are just different dangers, and the way it works is you're you're very small and vulnerable in this what feels like an oversized space with these dangerous inhabitants i'll put that and then the game's about um some platforming elements puzzle elements and it never it never outstays its welcome i mean it's like a five six hour game so it's hard Mm -hmm. to do in that time and everything feels new so you go to a new space and there's like a new mechanic or new way to to work with a mechanic Uh, and then it's it's a horror game so there's a whole eerie kind of scary feel to it and i think the last time i brought this up i said it wasn't scary <laughs> and uh it uh yeah it does there are scary elements in it especially towards the end i won't say exactly what yeah the last yeah the end <laughs> it's like oh okay i have a question at what point did you know what space you was in <laughs> without saying the space okay yeah well, that's yeah why <laughs> Because of, I, I think I knew relatively, or I assumed relatively early, just because of the way the space moves. Yeah. So mm. I was like, this this must be this kind of, this kind of space. This kind so, of space, yeah. Yeah. And then there was some, and the way you move through the levels, it you, um, well, at least as I was looking, I was like, okay, this, this could make sense for this kind of space. And then it kind of unveils more towards the end. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I found really impressive about it yeah. is just how it creates that environment so without being like this is the space you are in it's like it feels like it it doesn't need to tell you and it doesn't tell you anything like it, it, <laughs> like i said there's no dialogue there's no there's barely any ui 
to it. It doesn't tell you anything, doesn't tell you any objectives. You're just, you literally start the game and you're just in the space. Uh, it doesn't tell you any controls. It helps you if you get, if you're seeming to get stuck in bits, but it doesn't tell you anything. You just have to go through it and figure it out. And the way the, the camera moves as well, I really like because it, it's really, again, story without, <laughs> without words, but it, the camera like focuses on where it needs to focus at the time it needs to focus. And it just paints the picture, like the very end, the way the, the camera does, um, there's certain moments at the very end. So I was just like uh, mentally uh, applauding. I couldn't physically, otherwise I'd stop controlling the character. But uh, the, yeah, just the way the camera moves, just the whole story just tells the whole story so well. I wonder if you, cause I felt like this, this story, um, the story in this, I don't know, it's hard. The story in it is like, there's a lot of themes and you're kind of like following your character as they kind of go for a journey. God, this is such a hard one to do spoiler-free considering there's no dialogue in it as well. Oh my gosh. But like, I wonder if it's harder to grasp the story if you are Nigel and take forever to get through a six-hour game. That's a fair point. Because I played it all in one sitting and then and was just absolutely blown away by it. And and again, like it's 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 amazing how it story tells. But um have you played the DLC? I'm gonna go with yes, no. But no, I haven't. Ask, it's worth playing. Alright, I'm gonna be on that as well. Yeah, I like I like what this does. Yeah. They're the stories that we've been enjoying. Now let's let's get into this discussion because I feel like we've all been pretty really looking forward to talking about this and getting all our different viewpoints okay so we have arrived at the again surprisingly anticipated moment where we all get to talk about free guy the 2021 action comedy video game inspired very video game inspired film directed by sean levy with screenplay from matt lieberman and zach penn and starring Ryan Reynolds, of course. So spoiler alert, we are going to talk about all aspects of this film. So we are now going into spoilers uh, for this. I will do a quick recap of the story. But before I do that, <laughs> let's get these first impressions. Because and just just to paint the scene here, for whatever reason, we don't, I don't think we've ever done this on the show, but we've all been holding our thoughts on this film because... Well, I guess we're about to find out why. So starting with Lau. Lau, what are your quick overall impressions of this film? Um, I, I watched this um, as part of a holiday break over summer. And I I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. But it was such a fun film. And considering it's video game themed, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I just it just kept my attention the whole way through. I just loved all the references. So yeah like for me it was just like yeah you just came out of the cinema feeling like that was time well spent mm. yeah <laughs> and to add to Lau's point so just before we go to Tassie is one of the reasons I wanted to get Lau on is so Lau and I are on a whatsapp uh, group and I think Lau you said that this is one of the best video game films before it was lived I repeat but it's not anymore and when you said that, I was like, hmm, because at that point I hadn't seen it. I was very like, uh, you know, that Futurama meme where Fry is like uh, eyes yeah. half closed. Yeah, I was like, hmm, what's, <laughs> what's, what's he talking about? Because I don't, I don't see it. But 
yeah, so we'll we'll get more into that. But Tazzy, what do you think? <sighs> okay, so <laughs> my like overall thoughts, my like quick sort of first impressions of this film is that, and um, also someone did tweet out part of my thought to us. I should have got that tweet out, but um, because I I thought the same thing when I was watching it but I have extra, but like, it's very much feels at the beginning. It's got a very much like Lego, the Lego movie feel mainly because of Ryan Reynolds characters, just obliviousness to, <laughs> to everything. and like that happy go lucky. But for me, this film was like everything that ready player one should have been. <laughs> I thought this would, uh, I was wondering how long it would take for ready player one. <laughs> <laughs> To, to be mentioned for okay we're like here. yeah that was everything the ready player one should have been and to the oh just everything the the film had i feel like you've this is one of your prompts so i'll i'll go into it a bit later but just how it like referenced everything how the stakes like the stakes felt high in this felt so high compared and compared to the ready player one film where the stakes should have were actually higher (laughs) (laughs) and they felt nowhere near so uh and just overall like the love interest everything this is this is what ready this is how ready player one should have felt just even down to essentially this is this film is about an easter egg hunt like you're trying to they're trying to find and and even that like oh my god yeah, I'm. I'm like, come on, let's go back and do Ready Player One and <laughs> make it a free part and make it feel like this. <laughs> but if they don't, it's fine. I've got, I've got free guy. This is yeah, that was it's great. Loved it. It's Ryan Reynolds. So, all right, cool. I like, I like where this is gonna go. So I'm gonna, uh, I don't know, because I was watching it and I'm like, I feel so many different things. And going back to Lau and I's WhatsApp uh, debate, Lau. When we put Lau on this show, you said, I have a lot to say about this film. And again, at that point, I hadn't seen it still. And I had the same fry, eyes half closed expression. <laughs> like, how? Because the the main reason I put this on our lineup for the podcast is because it's a video game film. So I felt like we had to, we had to talk about it. But I didn't have so many expect- expectations. So as I came out of the film, as I'm watching it, I felt so many contrasting things. So I was like, at first I was like, I don't know if this is a good film, but I really enjoyed it. But then I had low expectations, but I love Ryan Reynolds. So I think it's a good film. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna stick with that. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at how good this film was. So I definitely felt that this was better than I was expecting. And I felt like, as he said, it was, I agree with that. It was everything like, everything Ready Player One was missing was in this in this film and yeah it, it, it was like it had it had stakes it had like a an emotional center so it was it, i felt like it was about something and i was like that when a film is uh, mm. about something like there was something underneath all the uh the uh, the easter egg hunt the uh, the the constant references which were cool but below that, there was like this film was about something I could I could think about um, after the film was done. So it was a bit had a bit more to it. And yeah, Ryan Reynolds, who doesn't love Ryan Reynolds, right? Mm. 
I just want to add one thing about your your uh, your and the what your and Lau's conversation in the WhatsApp group, and it, in reference to live, die, repeat. I still think live, die, repeat is the best video game movie, even though it's not a video game movie. And I don't know if you want to come back to that. Why? Okay. We'll, if, we'll come back to that definitely. Yeah. But, I agree with you, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> but before we get into any further, I will do a recap for those that uh, might need a reminder of what this story is about. So this story takes us to Free City, an online open world game developed by Tsunami Games, who stole source code from another game called Life Itself, made by indie developers Walter Keys McKee and Millie Rusk. Keys has since taken a job at Tsunami, while Millie spends time in Free City as her avatar Molotov girl to find proof of the code theft. In the game, an NPC, non-playable character, named Guy, works at a bank with his best friend Buddy. We're definitely going to talk about Buddy as well. Uh, one day, he walks by Molotov girl and becomes instantly attracted to her. Guy takes a pair of sunglasses from a player and sees Free City from the player's viewpoint. Guy deviates from his programming to talk to Millie, who thinks he is a player. She tells him to level up above 100 before she will speak to him again. Meanwhile, Keys and co-worker Mouser think Guy is a hacker disguised as an NPC and try to ban him from the game. Rather than levelling up through violent and toxic playing, Guy performs good deeds and eventually reaches a level 102. He stands out from other players and soon, Blue Shirt Guy becomes a worldwide sensation. Millie and Guy meet again when she breaks into another player's compound looking for evidence of her source code theft. Guy helps Millie escape and Keys realises that Guy is really an NPC whose self-awareness came from their code. Guy's interactions with other NPCs have led them to also develop self-awareness. Keys decides to help Millie retrieve their code before Free City is wiped from Tsunami servers to make way for its sequel, Free City 2. When Millie tells Guy the truth, Guy is hurt but agrees to help Millie after a pep talk with Buddy. As Guy's popularity now threatens the launch of Free City 2, Tsunami's head developer Anton orders a reboot of the entire game. Millie finds Guy and restores his memories with a kiss, allowing him to recall the location of Millie and Key's original code. Antoine tries to directly eliminate Guy and Molotov Girl from the game, manipulating the game environment before sending in Dude, a muscular, unfinished copy of Guy, to finish things. During their fight, Guy puts his glasses onto Dude and distracts him. Antoine begins to destroy Tsunami's servers in a last-ditch attempt to prevent his theft from being revealed, but Guy makes it to the island in time. With the theft revealed, Antoine and Millie negotiate a deal that sees her abandon the lawsuit in exchange for code and the lives of the NPCs. Keys, Mouser and Millie start a successful new company with a recovered code to release free life. Thanks to Guy, Millie realises that Keys' code was a love letter to her all along. Guy reunites with Buddy and they begin to live their own lives in free life without having to follow the original free city coding. The end. As you were reading it, I was just like, I want to go see it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so Ryan Reynolds, protagonist uh, star in this. So I think Ryan Reynolds is great. He's like hilarious. Has anyone seen the show Two Guys A Girl in a Pizza Place? I have. I have not. All right. So this is this is like Ryan Reynolds. I think this is like first big show. 
it was a show, a sitcom in like late 90s, early 2001. I think just as the time Friends was maybe like finishing. Yeah. And this was around the same time. And for me, watching that show, just remembering Ryan Reynolds, he's the guy where, you know, sometimes you see the person, you're like, that guy's going to be a star, whatever the thing is, whether it's like film and TV or I don't know, sports. You just see the person at a young age and like that guy, because he's like, he's funny and not necessarily like he's got jokes, but I feel the thing with comedy is like the timing and he's got comedic timing and he had it in that show. It's just like a, I thought it was a great show. I don't know what you felt about it though. Didn't watch it too much. I mean, I, I, I knew he was someone to watch. Um, he's the character I remember the most. Let's let's put it that way. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was definitely a standout. We, but yeah, they all played well well off each other. But yeah, that was a, if uh, for anyone who hasn't seen that show, go I know YouTube it. There's clips uh, out there, and you'll just see you'll see Ryan Reynolds, and you'll see where that uh, where that all began. So little tip there. I might put a, a link to a clip in the show note just for people who haven't seen it, uh, like Tazzy. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch this. I love watching Ryan Reynolds stuff. Yeah, it, it's just it's Ryan Reynolds. It's just you see it, you see it yeah. there, you see where it all started. The other thing I felt watching this, and this is just an aside before we get into the actual discussion, but it just hit me that this is a Disney-owned thing because as the credits, the starting credits are up, I saw the the 20th Century Studios, and I remember, oh yeah, Disney bought Fox. They obviously they removed the Fox, and now it's 20th Century uh, Studios. And it just hit me that like Disney owned everything. I like, everything I'm watching, uh, Disney owned product. I don't know what the what world we're going into. I mean, I like I like it, but I also have reservations about Disney owning so many film and TV properties. Uh, I don't really have a question. That is just a statement, a statement. that hit me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I feel like I a feel public you service with that announcement. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's an interesting one because I think as long as they allow the respective studios to do what they need to do then i'm, I'm kind of okay with it at least for now until they stop letting respective studios do what they need to do well that's the thing it'll probably happen i mean it's i think it's a matter of when not if yeah so that's just the public service announcement segment of the of the discussion onto the film uh, itself so as i was putting these notes together i came across a guardian article that had the title is free guy the first good movie about video games which i took some exception to because i feel there are other <laughs> decent films but i will read this quote from steve rose who authored the, the piece uh, he says the movie world has often looked down on video games as an inferior cousin especially since many of them were inspired by movies in the first place when hollywood puts games onto the big screen it often seeks to quote-unquote fix issues of character and story to make them more credible in a vaguely real world scenario it rarely works and then later on he says the games industry is now twice the size of hollywood in revenue terms the power balance has shifted Again, I disagree with what I felt was the angle he was coming at. I also felt they might not have, not might not be that into video games at all. But it did kind of show me that we had a discussion on episode thirty-one about our video game movies getting better, and I feel this is an example of a yes for that. But where do you both think this this fits on the spectrum of video game movies and the quality overall? I mean, this is the gold standard, guys. <laughs> this is it. Like. I'd like to make a video game movie. Have you seen Free Guy? No. Okay, go watch Free Guy. Now go make a movie. That's the way I look at it. I'm going to go with, I don't see this as a video game movie. Really? A video game movie is a movie that's based on a video game rather than a 
oh, okay, movie okay. that features video games in it, which I would say this yeah. is. This is about the real world. <laughs> okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. There's, there is a distinction between, yeah, a movie that is based on an existing video game property and this is a, a movie, but the premise happens to be, be it sets around, in a video yeah. game world. Touché. Uh, and it's even... Yeah, like even, I don't know, I would class it in the same as like Jumanji. And then even then, I feel like Jumanji is more of a video game movie because they spend most of their time and they've kind of been transported into that video game world. Whereas this is actually people playing a video, you're watching people play a video game. It's just that they've made it very, they've made it watchable because you couldn't exactly just film over someone's shoulder playing a video game because that would be really boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah i get that yeah yeah because yeah jumanji is very much like you see the outside world and in the first i don't know 20 minutes you're then going into the video game world and that's where you stay whereas this yeah. free guy kind of comes in and out for a split second i was so lost when you mentioned jumanji i was like are you thinking the original thinking... It's a board game like yeah <laughs> Like, would you call the original original Jumanji movie a board game movie? Yes, I, I guess you'd have to if you're going to call the, the latest one a video game movie, right? I'd say it's about people playing a board game. Board game, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like, I don't really class it as like a, a video game movie. It's just a movie that features video games. I'd class it more as more of a clever rom-com. <laughs> okay, so you wouldn't put it in any... Or, or have it yeah you wouldn't see it having any bearing on like the the overall quality of video game movies then mm, i feel like it, video game movies can learn from it for sure oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's not like it's not fully like a video game movie for me which is kind of why live die repeat is still my favorite video video game, game movie because <laughs> even though it's not a video game <laughs> but that feels like a I, I don't know the best way for me to it is like live die repeat feels like you're in a video game like you're what and then the same way that when you play the last of us you feel like you're playing a movie not a game does that make sense yeah i get what you mean yeah i i agree with you yeah uh, i wouldn't completely disregard it as a video game movie but it's not like it's not the same kind of video game movie as when we talk about like video game movies being bad yeah, I get what you're saying. That's a fair point, and because it's not based on an, like a, a, it's not based on a game. So yeah, <laughs> by that definition, it's not. It has a lot of references, but it's not based on a, a game. And I think the point that was made by uh, Steve Rose in this article, which is about how Hollywood trying to fix the character and story aspects, like when we talked about it in that episode 31, I think we mentioned that the idea of taking. And, and this is the problem or part of the problem with existing, uh, making two hour or three hour films based on existing properties of games that are, you know, 10, 20 plus hours and trying to squeeze all that character development and sort of storytelling into such a sort of space. And, and usually they run, yeah, just run one of the tracks uh, uh, with that. So I think Free Guy here, not being a video game movie, just gets to be a film so it can do all the the character uh development that needs without you know having to condense anything just tell the story it needs to tell for its purpose mm. yes so like i said so it's definitely a video game inspired movie 
<laughs> so how do you think it it compares to other kind of um ip field films such as ready player one which we've uh talked about um wreck it ralph uh, as well because there are a lot of references so things like gta like Fortnite, um and even i was surprised as i was watching it seeing like real life uh streaming stars like mm. ninja pokemon those are the two uh, i recognize jack jack Septicai. who i didn't know is like this shows my my age well, i didn't know who that was and then there was i think the guy. weirdest thing is like just having like these british people in the middle of it like <laughs> on a very like american thing which was nice yeah what did you think about the the inclusion is of those people how does that make it more authentic or is it weird to see those streamers in this i thought it made it more authentic and also because they were they were good at it like it didn't Mm. feel like they were scripted and i wonder how they actually made those bits if they genuinely did like react to a clip and it was just like a as if they were recording it for their their channels yeah Yeah. for their streams and their channels and if they just were like right you know you're gonna have to react to this and here you go and this is like the first exposure of it that they got Mm. because they did feel quite genuine they didn't feel like forced or fake or it's just like a just they're just talented because they've done what they've done for so long yeah <laughs> that that's can, true yeah yeah they're at very good point. at then acting at it out yeah loud do you did you know who any of those people were i didn't know any of them but <laughs> let me tell you something i didn't need to know who they were because they did such a good job of portraying the gravitas don't get to use that word a lot of <laughs> of these different streamers that I could tell that they were a big deal. Cause so I think the storytelling was really well put together the way they kind of introduced um, these cameos. So you kind of knew, okay, um, you know, I don't know much about this world, but these are obviously the people that are like a big deal. And, um, and I, and just to Tazzy's point, I felt that it did add a lot of authenticity to it. And it also, again, to Tazzy's point highlights that this was a, film that was about well it was a love story film it wasn't necessarily a video game film in that sense um it was more about the the culture Mm. in that way um actually yeah i would say kind of a love letter to video gamers all around the world that's the way i would like to describe it yeah i thought the inclusion of the kind of popular streamers really added to that like i say i I recognize two of them but like ninja is the biggest streamer and in terms of i'm trying to think of a an analogy I don't, yeah i can't think of an analogy but it, it's like yeah you, you just got the biggest streamer for this film and i guess it shows back to that quote i mentioned how the the video games industry is now twice the size of hollywood in terms of revenue just how the power now these are the big stars and i'm sure mm. there were there's a there's a certain age where seeing that film and seeing those people pop up there were people that just were freaking out at seeing those uh, those faces in this Definitely. film and it must have been such an affirming moment uh for them sort of to your to like the the bigger question of how does it compare to like other ip field theme field, mm. field themes somehow done way better than ready player one uh even though ready player one just like bombarded you with <laughs> references which was understandable because the book was bombarded with references but this actually used the references <laughs> and didn't just go, here's a reference, here's a reference, here's a reference, here's a reference. It actually like 
made sense in the story, which is how Ready Player One should have been. Um, yeah. <laughs> For a lot of this talk is going to be, this is how Ready Player One should have been. I've got I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to compare it too much. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, uh, I always think Wreck It Ralph, Wreck It Ralph, was a good use of IP. And this was more like done more along those lines of like, here's the thing. We don't really need to like bombard you with it in a way that's like, I don't know. I don't even know because it's still bombarded, but it's just like, this makes sense. This should be here and it doesn't need over explaining or, or anything. It's just kind of there. Yeah. There's more utility from the, the references in this film than just the in the distance. Oh, this is a thing in Ready Player One. And again, we're not going to do it. It's not a direct comparison, but just this is the easiest <laughs> comparison to make. Yeah. And sort of like, because I think like in Wreck-It Ralph, what they done really well was like the Disney princess is just hilarious. And it worked really well in like telling the, uh, I forgot the character in that, the the princess, like her story. But um, so this kind of done the same thing in terms of when it, when it, yeah, like you said, it, there was a, it was a talk, the references were used well to explain stuff and also help like if you're, if you're not like a big video game player and stream watcher that you could at least recognize stuff and maybe be like, oh yeah, like my kid plays that or some of the like, he might not really play games now, but you'd obviously get like free city. You'd be like, oh, this reminds me of GTA or just little things. I don't know. Like, I feel like it made it quite accessible for a lot of people. And it's kind of why I'm interested to hear Lau's view uh, on the references in the in the film, because I mean, like you play games and obviously you, you said on the show before, like you're an, an ex gamer even though you yeah, probably play more games than I do right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> but um, so you're someone like outside of, of the, the culture, uh, if I say, but how you found it. Because I, I felt that you could not be a quote unquote gamer and still get this film. Like you mentioned with the references of the streamers, you didn't know who they were, but you could still get their importance to, to their inclusion in the story at, at the moments they were in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I went along to this film with my wife who doesn't play games at all, apart from the odd occasion when, like, you know, we might play Monopoly or something. <laughs> and I mean, like, the game version, not the, the board game version. But um, <laughs> uh, but just to kind of give you the context, so, like, you know, it was just put together in a way that, like, there wasn't a moment where she was lost don't get me wrong, there would have been references that would have gone way over her head. And for me, there were definitely references that probably went way over my head. However, it just so happens over the last year, we had a Fortnite tournament at work. So I had to get really well acquainted with this game in like a couple of weeks because I just didn't want to bomb out last place um so so because of that um i did pick up one or two references here and there um from fortnite um so that that was kind of cool to see that um like you know like the dance i think oh what was his i've forgotten the guy's name now oh yeah 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 (laughs) when he came when he you know that that was hilarious so (laughs) loved that scene it was just perfect like oh sorry yeah, that is also like really cool to hear like how how that was received. And I think in terms of the references, I don't know if anyone had any favorite references. There were a bunch of item 
technical references and weapon references from other video games. So we had things like the uh, the Mega Bus stuff, Mega Man, lightsaber, Fortnite, pickaxe, gravity gun. One of my favorites was the the portal gun, just because just moments after uh, or just moments before he used that, I was thinking to myself in the cinema, you know what this really needs is the portal gun. I need to see that. And then like moments later, like he came, that was my happiest moment. I was like, yes, they did what I said <laughs> while I'm watching the film. Um, and then Captain America Shield, which yes. is great. Oh, Hulk's I love that, that, yeah. that like whole fight scene of just like, again, it was like references used as tools. And this is kind of how like the fight scene in Ready Player One was supposed to go down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like this, just this arsenal of rep weaponry that that is all from pop culture that you'll know and it was just like throwing it out there and, it, and then you know i love that moment when captain's america's shield came out and like i was sitting in a cinema i saw this and there was one other person in the cinema with me so i was like i was very audible <laughs> <laughs> I was basically, I was just, you know, basically enjoying this on my own because we sat like way apart from each other. And uh, I just kind of was like, oh, oh, but the other person did as well. And that was the first time I'd heard them like audibly loud enough for me to hear like react. <laughs> That was great. I because I had a, a similar thing. Just because, and I get this is the point of the reference, but it just brought me back to that moment in Endgame. Exactly. I was just like transported back to that moment. Oh man, I just felt that. <laughs> yeah. And so I love that. Apparently, they had um because you know I mentioned the acquisition by Disney. So Ryan Reynolds, or at least the the team, didn't ask Disney for like things like the lightsaber for Captain America Shield. I assume the cameo from Chris Evans as well. <laughs> Yeah, that cameo from Chris Evans was just like a cherry on top. Yeah. Of like... Seriously, that's how you do it. That's how you do a cameo. I was just like, yes, this is this is the film. And even like the referencing, so I think as well, like because we obviously there's referencing of IPs and of and cameos of people, but I think for me, the 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 references are like the things that are common in gaming or in streaming and making content yeah. around games um down to like just the chaos that exists in free city yeah <laughs> and just some of the commentary on that like just oh my god anyone that plays gta 5 will have like started this and been like started watching this and been like oh my god yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just you recognize it and it's you know, some some random's got a rocket launcher and whatever, like this was like a GTA five server, like online server. <laughs> it was just so good. And then it, there was the like the the bit where he's streaming where he goes live and he's like, Wait, my viewers have got to watch this. Uh what's his face? Uh can't remember the character the character that lives with his mum oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> whose base they they needed to get the thing from yeah Channing Tatum's or well, he's the avatar yeah <laughs> the actual kid and that that whole scene to like <laughs> mum <laughs> and then like guy just standing there like what like, who are you talking like, to I'm so confused. <laughs> <laughs> confused and then just 
<laughs> just that whole moment and then the dancing bit as he's on his way out, like, say my catchphrase, uh, that whole that whole bit. And then when, even like when, I think it's the kids that were playing when Guy gets the glasses. When he first gets the glasses, that his... Yeah, and I think it's like a group of like, young girls yes like really young girls that look like they aren't old enough to play this game (laughs) and that was just like really oh it's just that moment and they're just like proper like raging (laughs) and it's just all these little things i just need to see it again because it's just all these little things that as a gamer and a content creator i'm like this is golden this is this is all the the gaming toxicity and weirdness rolled into one. Even like, oh, don't listen to the trolls. Like, Millie kept telling Guy to not listen to the trolls. And then Guy's like, trolls exist? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's, I used to watch this film again. I'm, I'm just remembering stuff and cracking up. <laughs> I feel like I'm going off track as well. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about yeah, we'll talk about the actual film and the story itself. So we'll get into those more of those moments because, as well as being a kind of reference for different video games and IP, it's also kind of takes elements from similar films like The Truman Show and elements of Groundhog Day as well. So it's been a long while since I've watched The Truman Show, but the idea of this character not knowing he's being watched in a sense so jim carrey in the truman show um living his life unaware that he's being sort of viewed and guy here living his life unaware that he's a npc in a video game and it has to be shown and everything changes and then with groundhog day you know the idea that you're starting you're starting the same day again and again and again until you learn the lesson and i guess in guy's case he's well he has to learn he's not a real <laughs> person but then also he's trying to make progress so he can get closer to uh molotov girl slash millie so you see him try and fail and that's like the video game element the trying failing waking up start from the save point going again doing that uh doing that whole dance so what did what did you all think of the game world itself so tazzy you mentioned like the the reference to anyone who's played gta will recognize that i do remember Oh, was it GTA? I don't know. It wasn't GTA 5. I think it was GTA 4. We used to play that for, yeah, yeah like a, again, our group. So a few of us played that. And that's what made me, th- that's what I thought of when I was watching this, just the chaos and like, <laughs> just as guys, like, because the film starts as he's going across, going along his day. So this is when Guy is just the NPC doing his routine and you see chaos in the background like just going on and just reminded me of just jumping into those gta matches and just knowing knowing what's going on just crashing cars or whatever and then just restarting because it's all a game anyway it was definitely like that and it's even like you know walking past the the shop owner that gets thrown out the window like good morning how you doing yeah just another day (laughs) in free city (laughs) so positive This is why he really reminds me of Emmett from Lego, from the Lego movie. I need to watch that. You know, I haven't seen that. <gasps> yeah, same. I haven't seen it myself. <sighs> uh, watch it. Uh, who was I? Oh, I was having a conversation in a workshop with a kid about a Lego movie. And I, I said to him, I'll put it, put it on my list. So it is on my list. Yeah, no, there's that. When you watch the Lego movie, you'll understand why. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is such a Lego movie feel. <laughs> 
kind of follows a similar structure and a sort of like similar characters. So what did you think of the world, Lau? Yeah, you know, it was really authentic to me. I think, well, one of the things that made it authentic was the way in which the non-playable characters um, interacted with the world itself. Mm. And also what I thought was interesting was the way in which they kind of hinted that this is not too far off from the real world with people that have to kind of do the same thing day in, day out. And whatnot. I loved the way they they kind of paired those two ideas, um, and yeah, you know, like, and and I and I think that's why people that didn't play video games could watch a film like that and still kind of get it, because because <laughs> you had that that parallel. Um, but I really thought it was so authentic, just in the way you had all the different players running around. I think there was one that got me. It was like someone glitching. <laughs> If I remember correctly. running into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like stuff like that. Because you that's the sort of stuff you see, right? In lobbies and whatever. Mm. And yeah, so I, I thought it was really cool that they had that. And then what I thought was also really cool was the fact that, all right, fair enough, it's NPCs. As, like, as we normally uh, experience them, they're very, quite limited in like what they can actually say. But they we kind of got like a behind-the-curtain look the life of NPC, which I also thought was a cool little thing that they did with the world. Um, it made it intriguing. And also, as a gamer, you know that, well, there's not much to the NPCs. They're not the main event. And the fact that the story was about an NPC, you're like, okay, so what are they going to do in this world with an NPC exactly? So it was it made the story quite interesting from a gamer perspective. I think, yeah, I agree with you a lot on the NPCs there because um, just the... The way they build that world, obviously, as a as a gamer, straight away, like the repeating sentences and stuff, like you automatically <laughs> know, like you just understand that straight away. And and also, like for me, it was like, oh, you know what kind of NPCs these are? Like it's very, it, they're repetitive NPCs that do the same thing. They're not even. Oh, okay. You know where they are in the game. Yeah, you know, you know where they are at all times. That it's the exact same. There's no like random element to it really yeah. uh they're always gonna react in the same way da, 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 da. but then you kind of and again like kind of goes back to that truman show vibe mm. of like these are the you know how like in the truman show you see the actors yeah once uh truman's kind of walked off you see them going back to normal that's kind of like it was like a reverse of that i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and the bit where the guy asks for a cappuccino yeah that, that moment, throws the whole thing wow. off. <laughs> cappuccino no you wow like you cappuccino yeah that was so well done but again like lao said it's also like a commentary on on people's lives and i loved that this simultaneously done both like it comment it commented on the virtual world and the real world and like what are the struggles and dilemmas what are the things that are similar as well it was such a it was such a good commentary on like just society <laughs> i did like that I, I really like that's it was those moments and I'll, there's a few i wanted to bring up as well where just it made you think outside of the film and it's like okay there's there's some levels to this and i really like that that aspect of it that's when i think as i was watching it uh, i was like okay i i kind of get what's going on here 
and then it started to bring in some of those elements i'm like ah, okay cool there's a bit of depth it's not the deepest film like i'm not uh saying that but there is something more to it than just the surface level um oh look at the this reference or that reference so uh, i did appreciate that although did anyone there's like a slight criticism but i found it a bit weird that the the game world and the real world kind of look the same i don't it might this might just be a me thing but just the distinction between them kind of not threw me off it just yeah they just look the same basically they just look like the free city when you were in free city it looked like the real world obviously not you know mm. uh, with those game elements but did that strike any strike anyone else i felt like they looked different like in the when you was in free city everything was very bright and yeah, like film setty I don't know how to <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't it didn't have that real it kind of had you know when you go to a theme park and you go like a theme park that's like Universal Studios or something yeah, like yeah. that where or, you go on like that <laughs> yeah but the one like where you go on like actual set kind of bits oh yes yeah yeah yeah, I've been, yeah, yeah. I don't think they have that as much on in Disney World but Universal Studios you can literally no, go yeah, onto a go set sets, yeah. that's what it felt like <laughs> okay, I feel like yeah, every time you was that. in Free City it was like it was like oh and it just it was just so bright yeah. like I cannot imagine how much lighting they used on this <laughs> <laughs> and it did have the transitions between both I noticed they did, did that yeah. to, to separate the two the two worlds so yeah i think that was a very like the how they done this because i've reading a book at the moment um about video games it's called death by video games and it's talking a lot about esports and how esports compares to sport physical sports um, and how there's a lot of similarities but you can exactly watch someone play on their keyboard that'd be really dull and I think like the way this is, this film's done and like showing people play games is really well done. And how it like goes into the world, it's like how, like you said, how it transitions from someone playing hmm. to like into the world and how it transitions back out of that. I thought was really good. And the way they do, because there is moments where we're kind of like looking at the video game as a video game, and moments where we're looking at the video game as so if you it like is see the guy the the pixelated character as we're seeing yeah. Ryan Reynolds the <laughs> yeah and um, I love that I thought it was a really good way of telling a story about video games about and having the intensity without watching someone at a keyboard which yeah I get that and then from a like a storytelling perspective they had like some really good elements that like i say added a bit of depth to this as uh, which which you know what could have been a surface level sort of purely riding off the the references but you had guy as this <laughs> just clueless character who's just blissfully unaware of his own kind of existence in this video game but starts to get self-awareness when he first comes across molotov girl and i think that kind of that kind of protagonist the one who doesn't know anything and needs everything explained to him is really cool for like building that connection with the audience because like we said earlier like even if you're not someone who is you know super into aware of like different video game references of uh and the culture just the fact that guy doesn't know much so the average audience might not know much 
and it needs all the, that explained. It like serves that purpose of getting, you know, explaining what needs to be explained to enjoy the film and also just connecting you with, with Guy. And then they brought the sort of conflict between Guy uh, and the other NPCs and the routine, which we, we talked about, just everyone's in that in that routine. And then it had the the conflict outside of the game between Millie uh, and Antoine and kind of Keys was there as well because it was like a their code was taken by uh, and Antoine and, and Tsunami. And then, yeah, so I thought it added depth. Like it's something that could have been explored more, but I think it's not, this wasn't a film to like go into like, you know, sort of way deep into those kind of themes. So I think it's just that element of it was there and it served the purpose and it just kept everything still kept keeping everything fun and just enjoyable as a film i think a antoine amazing (laughs) his character was just loved loved it just oh my god so many things the one time he just sat down and like meditated for half a second and he tried to flip up Yeah, and tried to flip up and just completely failed. And then I'd like, he's this big shot. And like the way he demanded the art team just put dude in. And they're like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> this is the end of our jobs. <laughs> um, but I think something this film done was even though it didn't dive in to any, like many, it didn't really dive into themes. It brought up the question of so many things. Yeah. It didn't dive into any of them, but it raised the question raised the questions of artificial intelligence is it really a life form it raised the questions of uh, video games are we playing too much of them are they too violent are they um what are you doing to the kids yeah what are they doing to kids how do they uh blur the lines uh between what's right in the real world and what's right in the, right and what's yeah you know what i mean uh, <laughs> also like the workplace crunch and culture behind that as well as obviously the fact that the code was stolen and that's like a a big thing like morality of of things like that is brought up across the video game history what else like there's just so many things that kind of commented on the toxicity in gaming uh, as well as the the good and even the question of like do we want to play games that involve being good because i think really Someone, I think Antoine, Antoine literally asks Millie, or I don't know who says it. There's a point where someone goes, who would want to play a video game about watching NPCs? Yeah, I think that was Antoine. Yeah, I think it was, and then it sort of, and then it went to them having their own code and they've built their game and then this, you know, them having to expand. Like they've, We've already reached the limit that we expanded to. And it's like, Oh yeah, actually there is an audience for this. Thank you very much. Yeah. Not all about killing people and robbing banks. And then the same like the mundane life thing that's in there. But there's so many different questions that it raises, even though it doesn't dive into many themes, it brings them up. And I think that's one of the the things I love about this. This, this could definitely do some like spin-off TV shows that dive into each of those topics well it's disney so you know that's that's coming yeah. uh, so, <laughs> so i no i agree I, I think that's the thing for me that like I, I said earlier it made me think about the film after i still uh after i'd watched it so i think that's always a, a positive because i was thinking about those 
those questions so i mean we'll go into those themes and, and characters as well so uh Lau, did you did you have any favorite characters or character moments to be honest uh, you know this is kind of like me picking ryu in street fighter but guy was probably my <laughs> favorite <laughs> character to be honest you know what i haven't even seen that many ryan reynolds films but um this renewed my my interest and appreciation for him as an actor yeah, he just did so brilliantly in this. Um, I really believed Guy, you know, and and also I, you know, I was rooting for Guy as well because he was just this this innocent dude. Sorry, dude is a different character. Yeah, dude, yeah he's, he's an innocent guy. <laughs> he's yeah. an. I was trying not to use the word guy, but anyhow, <laughs> I ended up saying the other one. Right. Yeah, but yeah. So he's an innocent guy, and he's just like you know, just trying to do good and just trying to find love and. And whatnot. So you're just rooting for him, and he's in this crazy world where he doesn't realize like how close to death he is and whatnot. Although technically he can't really die, but do you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, you you really felt for him, and and he was just a funny dude as well. One thing I liked about Guy was his arc was really interesting because you know I would have thought, okay, you know we're gonna go on the journey, we're gonna see him really kind of fight and do a fetch quest and eventually maybe at the end he'll reach the level that he needs to get to but man that was just a montage and then they they kind of just did a flip on us and took the story in a different direction i really liked that so i i liked the fact that he he was already leveled up and then we kind of took the story from that point and a close second place has to be antoine i mean come on I, you know i could i liked i couldn't tell if i if i liked him or he annoyed me and I wasn't sure if it was like Taika Waititi, if he was overplaying the character or just nailing the character. And I, <laughs> I couldn't re- work out which it was. I feel like he was nailing the ca- character. I feel like that was everything the character was supposed to be. I think you were right to be annoyed at this character. But I feel like that is the purpose of this character. And that's why I loved <laughs> Anton so much. Because I, I understood like... the character. And I, I just like, I've luckily, former software engineer, luckily to never have worked for a character like that. But I definitely understood who, who that character was and what he represented. It's like the boss you hate is that like that startup corporate person that thinks they're the bee's knees that because they've you know i've built this from the ground up even though they've done none of the work, work like, exactly <laughs> just that ego on him i got the impression he had some skills though at the same yeah. time do you know what i mean like I, I i know obviously he stole code but then at the same time i was like i think he's actually got some chops as well there was a comment that mm, either millie or keys made i think it was millie about um being impressed at how well he hid their code Oh, okay. Which is kind of like a hint to say, well, he's he's got brains. <laughs> he's just so obsessed with like money being the only narrative for success, which is again another theme that kind of runs in it. Yeah, it's like especially like uh, some gaming companies around. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, that he doesn't use. He could actually make something original and talented. But he's like so obsessed with the money that it's like, why would you want to make something original and good <laughs> when I can make money? <laughs> Honestly, there's some gaming executives <laughs> like who felt that felt that for the wrong reasons as well. <laughs> this is how you see me. Also, there's like a strange thing about him. He was almost like 
the one character in the real world that probably belonged in the game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I liked him so much. <laughs> and by liked, just in case anyone watching doesn't understand, I don't mean as in liked as in I want to be friends with this person. I mean liked as a as a, as character, a character in this how world. they are portrayed and how they exist in this world. Love to no, hate. He's a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, terrible person, great okay. character. <laughs> I've got to mention Buddy. Is um is the actor that plays Buddy related to Kevin Hart? Because he sounds Oh, he's, it doesn't sound exactly like Kevin Hart, but it's that same Kevin Hart agitated voice energy to him, which I just found hilarious. <laughs> like he made me laugh the most. But so I, I liked uh, Buddy just because of the actor and, and the character, uh, and just the way the character goes about their day. But also like to the themes and and Tessie brought it up this idea of like just people being content. And he was the character. So if Guy was the 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 character who started off content realized there was more and went for it and you saw him even though it's a montage to get to level sort of 100 plus as a montage but you saw him make the effort break out and then by the end he becomes this like tony robbins uh, figure <laughs> giving a motivational mm -hmm. speech to all the other npcs but guy was interesting because he was the Sorry, guy was interesting. Buddy, all these names are like Buddy. Hey, Buddy. Hey, guy. That's why I love. The, I love the names. I love the names. It's just like standard NPC names. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Buddy was the person who understood there was more, but could not bring himself to take that step. And that was so. Yeah, I don't know. That that just like touched me because there are people like that, and you 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 understood that, like because he had the the glasses. Like guy got the glasses, and he's like you know take the glasses that you'll see you'll see the world in a different way you'll break out there's more to life and he's just like i can't i this is what i do and i was like whoa that's actually quite that's actually quite deep because <laughs> there's a lot of people like that and he fully believes him he's like yeah i know there's more out there i can see that that you you're doing you're <laughs> yeah, doing stuff i can see you, you doing look different. it you're filling out the shirt more now it's like you know you're not wearing the tie <laughs> and everything he's like but i can't i can't do that just, it was so sad that's like it's sad in a way yeah i feel like there was this was a this was a film about npcs and i don't feel like there was any characters that were completely background in this like they all felt purposeful and significant to me so <laughs> all of them so bombshell which is the the blonde npc that you can kind of win i don't know yeah, win her affection she just like she's attached like the to the arm yeah yeah for being the biggest strongest most criminal uh player i guess and that's just that's just how she's programmed and then you know guy obviously is like you can be more than that and then she goes i could she because i think right um guy says like oh you can be with someone better she's like I can be by myself, but like, and it was just like, whoa, <laughs> like clearly unlocked her AI code there. And then there's like the hostage that always has their hands up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's just, what if someone moves the bank? I need to get my hands up quick. Yeah. <laughs> and like the barista, can we just take a moment to appreciate the barista that she self-taught taught herself to make a cappuccino? She had a whole thing running, like a business, like a new business running. They're just brilliant. Just all the little characters and how they kind of interacted 
with this world and like these it's just great and i did like the the dynamic between millie who was great because and millie had to play almost like two roles more than anyone because mm. she had to be in the real world and in a game world and play do two different characters even different <laughs> accents um as oh, well yeah. but the dynamic between millie and keys because they both had this code that was stolen keys ended up working for tsunami and accepting fate or like you know telling himself the story of like oh no they didn't you know anton said what he said and i believe him da, 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 lying to himself and then millie's like no we're gonna fight for this so is that indie developer taking on the the large corporate and refusing to give up the fight so i like that that aspect of their sort of relationship how they differed in their response to having their code stolen and and then keys's colleague oh mouse just wants to get on and try and build himself up and hasn't isn't some tech genius he's knowledgeable but he's not a tech genius it's not like the level that keys is on it kind of, I feel like he kind of resents Keys a bit for being so talented and just doing a like customer player support role. But then they're good friends and then kind of uh, messes Keys over a bit and then realises like... You realise his mistake. Yeah, he realises his mistake. And there's always rooting for, for the, the romantic uh, interest there between Keys and Millie. To... He does give it a little <laughs> nudge. But I love I love when they go into the game to get rid of Guy thinking that he's a player, and he goes in as a as a giant pink bunny, and it's so hilarious. And that like dynamic between them being like, yeah, we've got all this power. I think that's when they like, okay, time to go God mode, and they just start like coding in, like snares. Oh, that was brilliant. I love that whole that whole power trip. There was great. Out of interest, Lau, have you? And you don't need to say any names, but have you worked with a mouser? No, I don't think I have, thankfully. Checking. I, I don't think I have either in my uh, short time as a software engineer. Maybe I was I mean, they're mouser. out there. Was I the mouser? No, I was a mouser. <laughs> they are out there, though. I reckon, again, I recognize that character. So I liked how the, the characters played to the, the themes. I was like, when it happens. And then speaking of themes, Taz, you, you've sort of, I think you've touched on, on all the ones, but there's a few that... Uh, bring up and the one that really connected with me was that idea of just the wanting more from life so once guy realizes there is more so guy so he gets his um his coding unlocked by essentially by a mariah carey song which i think that <laughs> also deserves a uh, a shout out no uh, it really does that that was the unsung hero of that film <laughs> to pardon the pun <laughs> but no I, I thought that added something it added that that little extra something i don't know again it's like references <laughs> um so references to mariah carey's fantasy which uh similar to the captain america shield it brought me back to a moment kind of brought me back to remember when that song came out and like when mariah carey was the number one female artist and just brought me back to that moment it's just like oh yeah i remember that that is really cool so we had Ryan, I was going to say Ryan Reynolds. So guys, uh, programming unlocked. And then he goes on this essentially self-improvement <laughs> arc. Uh, and I just love that idea of just having that courage to, to break free from what is expected from you. So he just goes and then he inspires others to the point where everyone or the NPCs strike. 
and realize their own potential and they're making now making uh, cappuccino and whatever it might be so and like i said about buddy as well just having that inclusion of the of the character who goes on the self-improvement journey and then the character who makes the conscious decision not to just to comment on like how they done the whole guy's ai because obviously it gets it then gets locked again when they reset the server and then they're like actually because it's an ai thing it's like all in there still just need to get the trigger and it went like it was going to be really cliche and like he kisses the girl and then remembers everything but it wasn't the kiss was ineffective (laughs) (laughs) and it was actually the glasses it was putting the glasses on that was like whoa there's a whole world out there like that i couldn't see before it's like i remember now which I thought was cool. And just while I brought up the kiss, I didn't think when I was watching this. It was a li- and actually the film then commented on it. It was like a little weird because it was uh, when we then find out that Guy is essentially Millie's creation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they do do sort of like comment on the fact that like this AI is four years old. <laughs> <laughs> and then Millie's like, what are you going to make it weird for? <laughs> it's already weird. But like, I was like, wait, my brain kind of broke. Because it was like, she kind of made made him. And yeah, that's a whole other yes. AI issue. <laughs> I mean, I guess like, because of the way they tied it up, you can almost sort of give him a pass because Guy was effectively Keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it, yeah, it was kind of weird how they did it, but yeah, I I thought it was really funny, especially the the, the the kiss moment that was hilarious. Yeah, because it kind of took you out of it, and you just see like she's just at the computer. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like this is awkward. What? Yeah, because I think at that well at that point she doesn't realize that he's an NPC, and I think she just thinks he's really good at role playing, and she was just like leaning into the role play. And then <laughs> she's like, wait, you can actually taste that? And you can actually, like, yeah. you... and he's just like, and he's genuinely like, <laughs> wow. So <laughs> and then I feel like she's just like, okay, yeah, like, okay, this person's just really into role play. I can, I can mess with that. Like, cool. <laughs> she's like, I don't really know how I feel. I think I like that. You can just sort of see that, that inner dialogue happening. And then we talked about the corporate greed and again, sort of Ready Player One had that element, but I felt we saw a bit more the idea of like the corporation making something good, but then twisting it just to make a profit. So, uh, and again, that kind of rings true for, uh, or maybe it does, maybe it doesn't ring true for some of the companies out today. But the other one that kind of struck me is this idea that the the good guy <laughs> can can win. Because when Millie puts it to him that, you know, I'll speak to you when you're level 100, then he goes off and decides to do good deeds. So he refuses the violent and toxic player path and becomes an internet cessation because of it. So I quite like that aspect of he decides to do things the quote unquote right way. And it actually makes him stand out and become the sensation that he became and get all this support and everything. And I love how they done like the, the the commentary from like the streamers and the content creators on on it because it they then started to question how they behaved in game and they're like should I be being nice to NPCs <laughs> <laughs> and I love that whole like 
that questioning of have I been playing games wrong my whole life? But I just go in and kill everything. <laughs> just this, bring this toxicity to uh, to video games. I mean, there, there could come a time where that's really a thing. You know, NPC crimes. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I liked, uh, like I said, the having whenever a story has has themes, and I felt. I'm uh, not to keep bagging on Ready Player One, but already doing it anyway. But that was the thing that let that film, or one of the things that let that film down, is that it just had it missed on on the themes and actually sort of bringing them out in any kind of meaningful way to the story. Whereas this, even though it wasn't the the deepest film, it they were there and it impacted the story and the characters in it to the point where, at least for me, I was thinking about these things even after watching the film, and I felt it it was relevant to kind of some of the things especially in video gaming that uh, that mm. we see today definitely couldn't agree more the, the, i could <laughs> probably do a whole talk on comparing this to Player <laughs> one okay, i don't know how they managed to like this was about an ai world that was about to be destroyed destroyed no mm. one no one in the real world's life was in danger no and yet I was more invested <laughs> in the risk here. Like, even uh, the, yeah, less than the dance. But that's, that's the thing with, it. like, story so the, and, and stakes. It's not always having to go to, like, end of the world, end of the universe. You just have to make it meaningful to the characters that you're following. So the mm. stakes are, can be relatively low level. Because, like you say, they could they could have switched off the servers and, and everyone in the real world just get on with their life and no one would be the wiser so nothing was at stake in that yeah. sense but because we're, we're attached to guy we're attached to these characters we're following their journey so it means something to them we care about them it means something to us and that's the uh, important thing to get across on in any story whatever your stakes are so you can make small stakes seem like massively important yeah i think the way i would describe that is it's like it's like the end of a good thing if you can ensure that the the audience like really appreciates the thing whether that's guy in the world or frodo and his friends like you don't want to see the end of them so you're invested at that point mm. and, and therefore it doesn't matter it could literally just be you know the kid that's been trying to make like the best burger for his little sister for the longest time but he just keeps messing up he's finally on his way to doing it but oh no there's a ban on beef and <laughs> or something you know and because you care about this kid's journey you're like he's only trying to make a burger i mean let's keep it real that's nothing big but you've you've you're invested now you don't want to see the end of a good thing and so you you want to see it resolve well i mean i said at the beginning honestly i was surprised because i didn't think there was too much to say about the film before seeing it like we could talk about this from uh for a while but is there anything else that anyone wants to bring up uh, about free guy so many things well we haven't spoken much about dude oh dude oh dude yeah it wasn't your fault it was <laughs> you are just who they made you to be i will say like about him because he's again from a former programmer just the idea of the the unfinished code and just when it comes to the <laughs> deadline i right, just need to get it out just get it, just get it out we've got the deadline and we'll, we'll fix it fix it we'll patch it later so from a like consumer point consumer of games point like this is this is dude is the representation of a broken game <laughs> yeah. 
And then even when they, when you know, they save save all the all the NPCs uh, and move them to the to the original game, dude still, dude dude was incomplete from the beginning. Dude was put in here incomplete, so he still has he all this incomplete <laughs> programming, but he's, he's also learning. And it's yeah, so it's like catchphrase, catchphrase, or like laughs even harder or something like that. <laughs> And it's just, oh, it's just gold. Even when Guy puts the glasses on Dude, and it just, oh my God, he's so sweet. <laughs> I just love it. Just that whole bit. Dude, dude's just existence. <laughs> what did you think about him now? I don't even know what to say. It was, uh, obviously, like you, you kind of enter that whole scene thinking, okay, um, this dude is unstoppable <laughs> and yeah just the switch that they do and the fact that yeah he ends up becoming this sweet character i just thought it was so hilarious but you know what i think like tazzy said it like he really is the representation of the new shiny object but actually is quite hollow on the inside and i i guess in an even deeper level he kind of represents to me at least this idea of bigger and better like visuals mm. and that's not necessarily the substance that you're looking for that said oh my goodness the latest unreal engine does look phenomenal <laughs> but as a side note another topic another day i like that i didn't even think about about it being like everything must be bigger better more realistic because it literally was like it's guy but bigger better yeah, because they were promoting it like that, wasn't it, for the second the second game? And it was just like, yeah, you know, obviously Dude was going to be like a key character or something. And it is interesting how they do sort of raise these questions and you've almost got to dig in yourself, like, if you care to. But, wow. I mean, I think this is, for me personally, I'd love to have a follow-up conversation about the implications of some of these questions. But, hey, you know, because, yeah, they raise some good questions. Definitely. So everything, there's just so many things, but it just reminded me of like Free City 2 and the whole sort of like commentary around that. You know, Key's saying, why don't you invent new IP? He's like, no, because this IP is great. Everyone loves this IP, but just make it again. And I think his like analogy is like, I don't know, some fast food trick, like Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's like, I'm going to make Kentucky Kentucky Fried Chicken 2. I'm not going to make something yes. else. Yeah, and then yeah. when he said that, I was thinking, no, no, I would want something else because I've already got Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, I was, I, yeah, you, uh, you reminded me of that. I was thinking about that line as well. But the sad thing is, he's kind of right. Like most people, most people, you ask them what they want, just give me more of what I know. And he's, That's he's... What you, if you ask them, but then if you give them something else, they will enjoy it. <laughs> they don't know. People don't know what they want. No, definitely. Yeah, is, absolutely. And and like Steve what... Steve Jobs was great. It's like you don't give people what they ask for. You <laughs> you say what they want. But if you're the, is... the kind of character that Antoine is, like that's effort. Like why would I give effort <laughs> to that? Which then the funny thing is, is that then obviously Free City Two comes out, but it's after their code is given back and they have made their game and then free city 2 completely flops yeah <laughs> and this new ip is uh 
that doesn't involve any violence is doing great and their overcapacity and what they can even bear. And everyone wants that over Free City too, which I just, I love that. Yeah. That's why Antoine is so good because it is, he, I feel that's such a lot of the thinking, especially when you get to, and Laz might actually, it's like a whole other conversation um, that we could have. But when you get to like bigger uh, levels of like game companies, when you get to your, you know, your top of the line, AAA studios, that consideration starts to creep in because the risk to do something new becomes bigger. So yes, you can, if you give people the right thing, even though they didn't know they want it, they can flock to it. But it, there's a risk because you can also give them something and they don't like it. And why would you do that when you already know they like Kentucky Fried Chicken? I'm going to give them <laughs> more of that, put it in a different bucket, change the color. Into it. Yeah. yeah. And I feel that's that, yeah, that's such a, that is a, that is a bigger topic. Oh, <laughs> so. and, then, and, then, and then one more thing, one more, because okay. as you're saying, that reminded me of like the fact that, uh, you know, before, before we know that Free City, Two is going to be a free city is going to be completely deleted when free city two comes out and it, it really massively reminded me of the launch for oh damn it it's in my head Cyberpunk? no the space exploration came oh the other one that flopped on launch yeah and had to no man's sky no man's sky yeah because it was all the or even cyberpunk let's go there all the promises of what sh- what's going to be in it and then Key's realizing that, hold on a minute, wait, you're not putting these back, like nothing's going to be backwards compatible. Compatible. You said you promised people that it's going to be backwards compatible. And then I think there's other stuff. And then they go through the like description on like Steam or whatever. And they're like, wait, he's promised all of these things and none of them are going to be in the new game. And I was like, really, <laughs> really getting video games here. Yeah. I know. yeah so- <laughs> <laughs> this really gets video games like someone in this team has been watching the news <laughs> man i like i said i did not expect to have uh a super long conversation about free guy um i'm happy to say i was wrong and um, brought up a lot of interesting things uh, we could go down different rabbit holes of some of the themes that this thing brings up and i'm sure we will on future episodes but uh for now that has been our discussion on free guy uh, if you've seen it and you want to let us know your thoughts as always you can send your feedback on this episode story discussion to feedback at myamada.com before we end for this show want to make sure that we get in our storytelling tip each time we do a deep dive on a podcast i like to pull out a storytelling tip for others to consider when making their stories this is a consideration from someone who also creates stories and likes to learn from the techniques or mistakes of others for today i wanted to discuss the value of a clueless protagonist and when creating stories especially those that take place in entirely made up worlds as opposed to one set in the known world, like a country or town or city uh, that exists in the real world, we need to explain a lot to our audience. So this is not only about the particulars of your character and their journey, but the ins and outs of the world they uh, exist in. So even in a video game influence story like Free Guy, there are still aspects of Free City that we need to know about. For us who might be familiar Uh, with video games as well as those not necessarily into video games who might not know much about GTA or haven't played Fortnite or 
regularly tune in to watch uh, Ninja on his Fortnite streams. So that's what makes Guy such a key character, even though he's pretty clueless about the nature of his existence. A protagonist or character who has as much to learn about the story world as the audience does makes it easier for the audience to identify with them and also helps us deal with the exposition problem. When a character is uninformed, it provides an opportunity for more knowledgeable characters to fill in the blanks, both for that character and the audience. And because long exposition dumps can be detrimental to the flow and pacing of a story, having this important information about your story world explained through interesting interactions between characters is a much better way to go. We see this in Free City and there are um, many forms for various purposes in other stories. So for example, you can have, uh, you can make use of the clueless or uninformed character to explain a particular system or set of rules in your story. Uh, and one of my favorite examples of this is from Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn, the Final Empire book as part of a trilogy where he uses a novice character to get across the basics of a magic system as used in the game. So you'll see the protagonist, Vin, who is this uh, street urchin who discovers that she's uh, misborn and able to gain supernatural abilities by swallowing and burning different metals. So she soon meets a more experienced character called Kelsia, who is in full control of his powers and teaches Vin and the reader about the magic system that Sanderson employs throughout the trilogy. And that's one way to learn about a system. You can also make use of the this type of character to get across the inner workings of an organization. So a similar dynamic is seen in the relationship between Agent J and Agent K in the film Men in Black, the original Men in Black in the 90s. So we see uh, a young former undercover, undercover officer, James Edwards, who is pulled into the secret world of extraterrestrial life by an older and more experienced Agent K. So the idea of this um, audience surrogate character is to see things from the view of the audience. So asking questions the audience would ask or reacting in similar ways that the audience would be to be put in, uh, in those situations. So Agent J does a good job of this and we get to learn about the systems around the agency and the whole uh, world of aliens uh, and all that. Another use of this character is to challenge ideals. Uh, so over in the anime world, we have Black Lagoon that we've spoken about before on the show. And its protagonist, Rock, who is a white-collar Japanese salaryman who is kidnapped by the pirate crew of the Black Lagoon. And as the uninformed character, he is the one to ask questions and fill in the audience by receiving those answers. So we learn about the criminal underworld that the Black Lagoon crew operate in. But what you're also able to do with this kind of character is pit competing ideals against one another, which we see between uh, Rock and Revy uh, until the final season when they just messed up. But uh, you can check a past episode to see my writings on that. And uh, one other example is dealing with complex exposition. And uh, a great example of this is of the way an uninformed character can be used to handle the exposition problem is seen in the original Matrix film. And we see Neo, who has no idea about what's really going on in the world, and neither does the audience. So from our first gravity-defiant introduction to Trinity, 
to the agents pursuing Thomas Anderson in his work office were constantly prompted to ask questions about the nature of the story world they were seeing. So by the time Morpheus enters the picture to explain all things Matrix, we're ready for those answers. And that's a great way to handle um, exposition. So we are learning as Neo learns and are enjoying the world, uh, the ride along the way. So yeah, that's kind of um, some thoughts that came to mind uh, and the value of a clueless protagonist. So we'll be doing a video version of this storytelling tip uh, on YouTube. You can also send us your storytelling tips and we'll read them out on the show, whether it's a comic, manga, game, book, or something else, send them to feedback at myamada.com or join our Discord and let us know there. That's the story tip for this episode. Uh, Tazzy, let's check in with feedback and guest news. So let's go into some of our listener feedback and questions from email or social media. So I did mention earlier about someone tweeting one of the opinions I also had and the tweets here (laughs) so we had uh, at Dan 2DI2 that said loved it reminded me of the Lego movie but with a video game twist and a Ryan Reynolds magic which I completely agree with and did both of you say you haven't seen the Lego movie? Yeah. Yes, yeah. haven't seen it. So I can't vouch for that uh, Lego movie with the video game twist, but I can vouch for the Ryan Reynolds magic. And I'll definitely put a link to Two Guys A Girl and a Pizza Place in the show notes so people can check that out. Yeah, I definitely need to check this out. But yeah, definitely, I totally agree. And I'm sure listeners that have watched the Lego movie also will agree. I don't see anyone disagreeing with that point. <laughs> that has seen both (laughs) yeah but if you do have questions or feedback about this episode or any of our other episodes you can contact us at feedback at mymatter.com or in our discord or on social media at mymatter on twitter at mymatter tv on instagram or at tazzy on both but before we wrap the show up Let's uh, hear a bit more about our guest and any interesting news or latest projects that they have coming up. Wow. Most of my projects have been uh, of the home improvement kind. So (laughs) there's not too much going on, to be honest, but I really am looking forward to getting back into story writing. I did do a little kind of warm up sort of thing, short, short little vignette over summer so I'm, I'm trying to get back into it uh, kind of exercising the muscles but for now there isn't anything going on from this side uh so yeah i guess it's still a bit of a watch this space thing but oh well i guess there's the whole video game thing right that's kind of like the ongoing saga so i am playing more games these days as uh some of you know but uh yeah that's pretty much it Good to hear that you are playing more games. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's good for mental health, right? I, in fact, you guys did a really good talk on that some time ago. Yeah, we've done a, a couple um, mental health and video games. So, yeah, so uh, we basically, I don't know how much talking uh, I did, but we get people who know about a subject and bring them on to talk. Well, Lau kind of just plugged us, us <laughs> instead of... <laughs> anything of his own i guess we'll put links to 
Was that a podcast episode, the mental health discussion? Uh, yeah, we did a live stream. We did a live stream, and I think one of the bonus episodes on the podcast feed. So we'll we'll drop that in the show notes as well. Thanks, Lau. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. And thank you for joining us for this episode. Like I said, when you said uh, what you said about Free Guy, it's like there's no way we can have a discussion, that kind of deep discussion about this film. Uh, and I stand here corrected so yeah thanks for sparking that and uh joining us giving us your thoughts hey no problem J- just get me back on for the matrix if you can oh the ma- oh okay okay <laughs> we, yeah we could i think whether we it's make good that or happen. bad there's got to be lots to talk about on that one cool all right then we'll we'll make that happen um so yeah if you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear Lao again for the matrix make sure you are subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes, especially that one. Uh, You can also give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever they let you review podcasts. This lets us reach new listeners and fans of story discussions. And don't forget to check out our own stories on the Maya Matter website. We have a number of titles already available and are wrapping up and preparing the latest title, Serious Through the Fog, uh, for print. So that will be available in October. And you can see it all at myamanda.com forward slash manga. And if you are into gaming, and uh, I'm going to assume if you made it this far, uh, you probably are, you can join the Gamepad Discord community and check out our new Studio 77 membership for exclusive access to Gamepad events and content from the Maya Matter universe. Uh, tickets are available for the next Gamepad online event at Gamepad dot events and we release new episodes of the podcast on thursdays and they include creator interviews video game discussions and deep dives into stories across pop culture you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story thank you all for tuning in and until next time stay safe And don't just have a good day, have a great day. I think that's what he says, right? Anyway, take care, everyone.